Well, we are uh, continuing our series this morning. We're in week five of our All of Me series. Uh, and uh, really what we've been kind of building on is Easter, right? We've been talking about Easter. What changes if the resurrection is real, which we know that it is. If the resurrection of Jesus actually happened, if it is what we say that it is, everything needs to change about us. Right? And we talked about this exchange that we make between us and God. We give up all that we are, everything that we are. We've so far talked about our emotions, our desires, our, our will. We give up everything that we are. We'll get into more as we keep going in this series. But we give up everything that we are. And in return, we get all of God. You will never find a better deal ever. I don't care if you are the, the thriftiest coupon shopper in the world. You will never find a deal that is just like this. I give up everything that I have, and in return, I get all of God. Are you kidding me? This is the, the best. This is a deal of a lifetime. It actually is a deal of a lifetime, right? This is, this is the greatest deal in, in all of history. This is, this is it, and this is what we've been talking about. As a, and as a person who is filled to the brim of Jesus Christ, everything changes. This exchange that I have made, all of me for all of him, changes everything. Those first two weeks of the series, we really talked about that exchange. Then we talked about our emotions and our desires, about that God doesn't want us just to, to know him, but to enjoy him and to love him and to, to feel loved by him, to, to know that our desires can only be satisfied through him. And then last week, we talked about our will and really the, the shifting the question from God, help me find your will, to God, align my life with your will. It's not about, God's will is not lost. We're not on a, like I think I said last week, we're not on a cosmic Easter egg hunt trying to find the will of God. The will of God, God, Jesus has, comes inside of us. The Holy Spirit is in us, helping us to live out the will of God. All right, God, help me align my life with your will. That was last week. This week, uh, really what we've been talking about is Really maturing into the image of God. This is really what this series is all about, if you, if you really want to get down to it. This is what this series is about, maturing into the image of God. It's allowing our emotions and our desires to reflect the image of God. It's about allowing our, uh, our, des our desires, our will to reflect the image of God. But I think the place that maybe this is the most important, and probably we should have talked about this already, is our mind. Is our mind. Uh, this is, there's a familiar passage, Romans chapter 12, that I want to revisit this morning. So if you'll turn there with me, Romans chapter 12, we're going to read verse 1 and 2. Uh, and uh, if you're in one of our pew Bibles and need that, it's on page 975. Uh, we're going to be a lot of places this morning, but really we're going to base it off of here. And uh, I, I love this passage. I think we, I've probably talked about it once or twice. Uh, it's, a, it's a good passage. I just want to revisit it this morning because there's so much good stuff in this passage, especially as we think about all of me. All right, we've talked about our emotions, we've talked about our desires, we've talked about our will. This passage also talks about our will a little bit. Well, let's talk about this morning about giving my mind. What does it mean to, to give all of my mind to God? All of me, my mind included. So we're gonna turn there this morning and uh, you know, we're not getting very far. First word, therefore. <laughs> I love that some of you didn't even look down, right? You, you knew it was coming. You knew what was going to happen. We're stopping right here. Therefore, what is the therefore, therefore? Really, in light of everything else. Uh, the, the, this, the author here is just saying, like, look, hey, in light of everything we've just talked about. And what have we talked about, Paul? We've literally talked about everything. What haven't we talked about in the book of Romans so far? 
Uh, we've talked about what God has done for us, what has, how much he loves us. We've talked about his sovereignty. We've talked about his forgiveness and his love and his grace and his power. 623, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. This is, this is really what we've been talking about in the book of Romans. And in, in light of all of that, here's what we read. Therefore, in light of all of that, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I want to stop there. We'll get to verse 2 in a second. But I want to stop there and just kind of unpack what we've just read here. I want us to notice some things. First of all, there's a command in this verse. We need to offer. What are we offering? We're offering our bodies. We're offering, uh, well, the offer. Right? We're offering something at a certain point of time. That's what this verb is. Offer it right now. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. That word, living sacrifice, if you don't have it starred or circled, you could do that. You know, why is that? That's a weird phrase. Living sacrifice is a super weird phrase because sacrifices are typically dead. That's what a sacrifice does. The sacrifice dies for something. Sacrifice is given in place of something. So this phrase that Paul is using is such a weird phrase. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. What does that mean? It means in light of all that God has done, live your life as if it were not your own. Live your life as if it were not your own. Live your life for God. Make the life that you live the life that God lives through you. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. It's, God, I'm, I'm living the way that you want me to live. It is, God, uh, uh, it's essentially what we were talking about last week. God, align my life with your will. Not my will, but your will be done. This is what this is. Offering my body as a living sacrifice. Not about me. It's about you. So there's a command here. Offer our bodies living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. There's also motivation here. What's the motivation? It's not the... Uh, it's not a kind of a get-with-the-program-soldier kind of motivation either. What's the motivation here to offer our bodies as living sacrifice? It is in view of God's mercy. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies. In light of all that God has done, God has loved you. He has forgiven you. He has paid for your sins. He has put his spirit within you. He has taken you from a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. He has adopted you as a son or a daughter. He has a purpose for you. He has laid down his life for you. He has risen again for you. And in light of this mercy, the step is to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, to live for him. The motivation is that the mercy of God has been shown freely to us. The motivation is that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the motivation. The mercy is the motivation. So there's a command, there's a motivation, but there's also a reason. Therefore, offer your bodies. It says this is true and proper worship. Some translations, which I actually like better, say this is your spiritual act of worship. It's, it's worship. The reason is because this is how we, we worship God. We give him all of us. This is worship. Worship is, is deeper than just 
coming and singing or coming and hearing a word from God. Worship is our lives. This, this command to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, in view of God's mercy, right? This motivation to offer is done so as worship. This is why we do it. We, we worship. This is what God wants the most. God wants you, every aspect of you. This is what he wants. All right, that's verse one. Now we get to verse two, and we start talking about kind of the why, right? or the how. Verse two, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I want us to see the progression in these two verses. And just kind of see how God makes things new. Uh, first of all, there's this, this new sense of worship, right? We've, we've talked about this a little bit in verse 1. There's a, a new sense of worship. When Christ is in us, our lives become worship. It's a new sense of worship. And this is where we, we kind of draw the connection from verse 1 to verse 2. You offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Christ comes in you. He lives in us. There's this kind of fundamental transfer that we have been talking about, this exchange that happens of who is at our core. Our natural Natural desire is essentially to worship us. We are at the core of who we are. My personality, my desires, my will is at the core of who I am. But there is now this fundamental shift in who's at the core of me. The core of me is no longer me, but it is Jesus. And as the core of me is Jesus, it changes our allegiance. It's a transfer of worship, essentially. We no longer worship ourselves, we worship Christ, and that's what 12.1 is setting up, and then there's this, this new mindset that we have to live in. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. There's sort of a, a, new, a new pattern coming. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Uh, there's a couple translations that I really like. There's the, the Phillips translation that says it like this. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. The message translation says this. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. That's, that's a great way to say that. That's good stuff. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. It is a command. Stop living in the pattern of this world. I think this is what we, we miss sometimes, this command, don't be conformed. It's not necessarily just about changing behaviors. Because this is what this is not saying. This is not saying, hey... Don't conform to this pattern, but now conform to this one. It's not saying exchange your immoral behaviors for moral ones. Because the Christian life is more than just about being a good person. If we're just exchanging good behaviors for bad behaviors, we're missing the point. Right, but don't, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. I mean, there are obviously some, some behaviors that would change, but... Again, if all we're doing is exchanging good for bad, then we're missing the point. There's another scripture in Romans. It's uh, maybe one of the more depressing scriptures in, in scripture. <laughs> Romans chapter 1, if you want to go there with me, or I'll just read it to you. Romans chapter 1, uh, starting at verse 21. And you'll kind of see this progression that happens when we follow the pattern of the world. Let's actually start at verse 20. So it's just a good verse. <laughs> For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, 
being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. I, I read this verse and I just, there's this, there's this fundamental pattern that we see here. That you could make a great argument, this is the pattern of the world. What's the pattern? Well, there's, first of all, there's this worship that is misplaced. There's, there's a misplaced worship in this whole thing. That, that just permeates this whole passage. They neither glorified him as God, right? Verse 21. They worshiped and served created things, verse 25. They were not worshiping God. This is where it starts. Right? Before faith in Christ, we have at our core being a, a, a creature that worships ourself before God. They exchange worship for a creator for the created. And we see quickly how this affects our minds because kind of there's, they go from misplaced worship into misplaced thoughts. Right, minds that are prone to worship ourselves before God, we see it in our minds. I mean, we see it in our minds sometimes. How, how easy is it to lose focus sometimes? We're praying, we get distracted. We're, we're doing something, we get distracted, and we just we lose focus. There's a couple passages in Ephesians chapter 4, if you want to go there with me. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, <coughs> verse 17 and we see this again in the church in Ephesus. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to ha the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness. I just think that there's, we see again this kind of disordered worship leads to disordered thought. There's this connection between who we are and what we worship and the way that we think. There's this connection that is in here. And then when there's, a, when there's a, a fundamental change in who we worship and how we worship, then there is a fundamental change in the way that we think. He's saying, look, these people, like they, they were given over to the futility of their thinking, but this is not the way that you were taught. This is not the way that you were taught. There's disordered worship or, or misplaced worship leads to misplaced thinking, which leads down the step again to misplaced desire. Romans 1 again, they claimed to be wise, but they became fools. Verse 24, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts. So see this pattern. They worshiped creators that created things, instead of the creator. 
They were given over to the fertility of their minds. And then God gives them over to the sinful desires of their hearts. And then in verse 24, it just gives us a, just a full list of behaviors of what they're doing. God gave them over in the sinful desire of their hearts, sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and they worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. So we have this, this pattern. Misplaced worship. Thinking of myself before anything. Worshiping myself. Misplaced thinking. Misplaced behavior, misplaced desire. We see this, this pattern, and, and really what's central to this is our minds. It's our minds. But Romans chapter 12 tells us that our minds can be transformed. Our minds can be transformed. And I, this is a great word that, that Romans uses here, that Paul uses here in Romans chapter 12. It says, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word is a special word. You know where else that word is used? It is used in the transfiguration in the Gospels. That's the only place that other that word is used. It's just, it's, we can be transformed from the inside out. It's a change of thinking, but it doesn't come from you or from me. God is the only one who does this kind of transforming. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Who does the renewing? Is it me or is it you? No. There's no amount of counseling, no amount of reading that can renew our minds in the way that God can renew our minds. We will never be transformed the way that God wants us to be transformed if we are only trying to do it on our own power. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to learn to think, this isn't even a word, Christianly. <laughs> we need to learn to think like Christ. Just to, to let the person of Christ, to let the, the truth of Christ and the mission of Christ shape every thought that we have. Now, this is... This is this is what 2 Corinthians says. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verse 3 to 5. I did marker. It says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. To make it obedient to Christ. This is what it looks like to begin to think in this way. What is that? How, how do we do that? How do we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ? How do we wage war against the enemy knowing that they're throwing different thoughts and different things into our heads to try and get us to, to doubt, to try and get us to go a different direction, to try and tempt us, to try and push us away from what God wants us, to try and draw us away from God's will, to live on our own desires again? How do we do this? What, do we, what does it look like to, to take every thought captive? Just a, a few things that I was thinking of this week. I think we need to continually focus on the person of Jesus. Focus on the person of Jesus 
Keep on being transformed. It is not an instantaneous thing. This word here is not a be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It is continually be transformed. My transformation is now. It is tomorrow. It is the next day. I'm continually being transformed by the renewing of my mind. We need to continually focus on the person of Jesus. We don't just reprogram instantly. We don't become a Christian and all of a sudden our mind is just like different. Sometimes we'll have a behavior that's different. Sometimes we'll do some things, but it's not typically an instantaneous thing. Jesus continually transforms our minds. He is continually moving and working and teaching and shaping. This is how we, we, we continually focus on Jesus Christ. This is how he moves. You go back in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 18. It says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's for glory, sorry, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We are consistently being transformed into his image. We take captive not just some of our thoughts, but, but all of our thoughts. When we watch the news, when we read reports, when we talk to our coworkers or our friends, when we, when we read this or watch this, how, how can we take those thoughts and make them captive to Jesus? Take some practice, but we need to continually focus on the person of Jesus Christ. We also need to submit to the spirit of Christ within us. If you have said yes to Jesus, you have been given the spirit of God. And we need to submit to the spirit of Christ within us. I love that last part of 2 Corinthians. We are, uh, uh, what does it say? We are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. This is the the same picture as Romans chapter 12. It It is the spirit. It is not us that transforms our mind. It is the spirit of God at work within us. This is not something that is done by you. This is something that is done for you and to you and with you by God. The renewing and transforming of your mind is something that we need to, we need to submit to. How do we do that? How do we submit to the spirit of God? We need to be in this book. We need to know the word of God. If we're going to be able to hear God speaking to us, we need to know the God who is speaking. And we do that by reading this word and by being consistent in our prayers. What we put in directly affects what comes out. This This is the way it is. We need to focus on the person of Jesus consistently and submit to the Spirit within us. We, we, we read Scripture, we pray, and we surrender to His will in our life. This is what it looks like. Our, our, our minds, be, we are renewed. We are transformed <laughs> by the renewing of our mind. I probably should have used this one as the first one in this series. Right? We become transformed. This transformation, this exchange that happens comes as God is renewing our mind. Not us, not you, not me. 
Again, there's not a retreat center that can do this for you. There's <laughs> no amount of money you could pay to go to a retreat center or renew your mind. This is from God. This is, this is part of this exchange. We renew, God renews our mind and we are transformed. And this is really, I really should have started with this because this is really where we, where we picked off last week and the week before that. Because as we are transformed and we give him everything, our, our emotions and our desires begin to change. Amen. Remember that transfer of worship that we were talking about? And the scripture says that even in, even in, in Romans chapter 12 here, what's the, what's the outcome here? Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Right, we'll be able to, to understand, and our will begins to align with the will of Christ, and our minds are renewed as we exchange all of us for all of God. Right, how powerful. How powerful is this? Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Don't try and do it on your own. Let, let God move in and through your mind. Let God renew your mind, and as he does, let's be transformed more and more into his image every day. All of me for all of him. Amen. Let's pray. God, we love you. And this morning, God, we give you thanks and praise for all that you have done. We give you all the glory, God, for all the ways in which you have moved in our lives and all the ways in which you have spoken to us. God, I just I, I pray this morning that we would, as we move forward from this place, that we would just continually be transformed, that you would continually renew our minds, God, that you would help us to take every thought captive and make it captive to you. God, as we watch the news, as we read the news, we read articles, we, we talk to our friends, we talk to our family, God, all, every, every thought that enters our mind, would we make that captive to you? God, would you so renew our minds that we would be noticeably transformed? Let's not just exchange good behaviors for bad behaviors, but God, we want to look more and more like you every single day. This is the goal. God, I pray that we would do that as you renew our minds this week. Would you just continually this week show us in ways in which we can, we can submit more of our lives to you, submit more of our minds to you, God. If there is a, a thought that creeps in that doesn't need to be there, would you convict us and challenge us and shape us, God, to make every thought captive as we are being transformed more and more into your image. God, we love you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.